You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Well, today we're going to look at the story that's happening in John chapter number 21. And here we see the story uh, picking up of the disciples who are in a boat. Now, what was happening right here, this was after Jesus had been crucified. This was after Jesus had resurrected from the grave. And I would imagine that the disciples were in this thought pattern, where do we go from here? Our leader, uh, the one who we've been following for three years, uh, is gone. And at that point, they didn't really know... uh, did he die? You know, some people saying he, he resurrected. Did he really resurrect from the grave? Well, let's pick up in uh, John chapter 21, and there's an interesting story that takes place. Let's read. It says, Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, and I I love verse 4 because I'm noticing that something supernatural took place as the day was breaking. So I'm referencing that because I'm calling this sermon called A New Day because we're ready to step into a new year. So verse 4, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood at the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for for work. Then he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the full net full of fish, and they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. But when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Let me stop right there. How many of you guys enjoy fishing? Okay. The last time you went fishing, did you catch 153 large fish? Probably not. Uh, this is a miracle in my opinion, okay? All right, just, just, just saying. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, fish, I guess, I guess they're going to have fish tacos. I don't know, because this was breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took, took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Amen. Aren't you glad to, to know that, there's, that Jesus, Jesus has a purpose and a plan for every little thing that we 
involve ourselves with. Father, thank you that we are so blessed to be in your presence. And today, as we come together, we do so in the mighty, powerful, wonderful, majestic name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. And as we take this time to reflect on this past year, 2018, may we also have vision to look ahead to 2019 in this new day that is dawning. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be ever so present. Speak to us through your word. We give you the glory and praise in the name of Jesus. We pray all this. Amen. You may be seated. Today, as we kind of uh, uh, have finished a a busy holiday season, so to speak. Well, maybe the holidays are not open. Christmas season gets busy for so many of us. And sometimes we just need to take some time to uh, sit back and reflect and and take a deep breath and just say, Lord, uh, what is it that you have in store for me? I kind of sense that this is what's happening in John 21. As we see the disciples, they had just finished a, their busy season was Jesus had just died. Jesus had just resurrected from the grave. So where do we go from here? And I kind of sense that sometimes after a busy season, you and I may have the same type of questions. Okay, we just finished a great Christmas season. We're ready to embark on a brand new year. Where do we go from here? Uh, what is it? And oftentimes we have questions. I can imagine some of the things that were going through the mind of the disciples, probably struggling with what was going on. Did we waste three years of our lives following this man? Because after all, he was crucified on a cross. Did he resurrect? Well, some people said he did resurrect. Others say that, no, he he didn't. What do we do uh, now? Where do we go from here? I can imagine the questions that were going on in the minds of the disciples. So what did Peter do? Peter was kind of like the leader of the band, so to speak. He says, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to what I used to do before I spent these three years with Jesus. What did Peter used to do? He was a fisherman. Guys, let's go fishing. So they got on the boat. We we read the story. They got on the boat. And And then they were out there. But Scripture is very clear, as we just read. It says they caught nothing. Nothing. Now, <clears throat> you know, any, any of you been frustrated fishermen, it's like, okay, I'm out here, and sometimes you say, I, I, what am I doing out here? What am I doing wrong? And I, I don't see what's, what's happening. But there was a miracle that was on the verge, and maybe they didn't realize it. But uh, maybe sometimes we have that kind of mentality that for some of you, you may say, well, 2018 has, is coming to a close, and and maybe for some of you it was a good year. Others of you was a not so good year. If it if it's like uh, like you're like me, it's like oh there were some good things, there were some bad things, there were some highs, there was some lows. But in everything we give God some glory, Amen. But I will say this that as we come to a close of this year, 2018, we prepare to enter a new season. I'm calling it a new day, a new day because it was a new beginning. As I said a few moments ago in verse 4 of John 21, it says, as the day was breaking, it was early in the morning. The disciples had been out in the boat, out in the lake, fishing all through the night, and they caught nothing. But then a new day was dawning. I'm going to say that again. A new day was dawning. Kind of like what's going to happen when you and I celebrate 2019. A new day is dawning. I like what Benjamin Franklin said. He says, be at war with your vices 
at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better man. So I want to take a look at some lessons that we can learn from John 21 to help us enter a new season, a new day, so to speak. First of all, number one is this. The Lord has a plan for your new season. I'm going to say that again. The Lord has a plan for your new season. Kind of reminds me of a boy who told his dad, Dad, I have a question for you. If three frogs were sitting on a limb that hung over a pool and one frog decided to jump off into the pool, how many frogs would be left on the limb? Well, the dad replied, well, two. The young boy said, nope, you're wrong, dad. No, let me tell you again. There are three frogs, and one decides to jump. How many are left? Dad says, oh, I get it. If one decides to jump, the others would go too. So there are none left. The boy said, no, dad. The answer is there are three left. Because that first frog just decided to jump, but he didn't jump. Kind of like those New Year's resolutions. We decide to do something, but we really don't do it. You know what I'm talking about? We want to do the right things, but sometimes we just don't do it. And sometimes we find ourselves out on a limb. The disciples' fishing plan was not going too well. As we read about it here in John 21, they were fishing all night and caught nothing. And I, I want us to have the, the vision to believe. And, and agree that the Lord has a plan for your new season. Little did they know that right around the corner, a miracle was about to happen. So, and as we apply this to a new year that's coming, coming upon us, uh, I'm going to say this. The new year can be something new and something fresh, or it can be the same old, same old. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Do you want God to do something new in this new year? Or do you want to walk through the same old, same old? And I have to say, the choice is yours. C.S. Lewis says, you're never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. So I'm here to tell you, do you believe what Jesus did for the disciples? He was about to embark and give them a new plan for the new season. Likewise, You and I can receive something new from the Lord as well. Secondly, number two, blessings are waiting for you. Blessings are waiting for you. And I say that because let me just reemphasize verses 5 and 6 here in John 21. It says, Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. Now that they were not able to haul it in uh, because of the quantity of fish. There was so much fish. They, they were experiencing the blessings of God. See, at first, little did the disciples know, knew, they, they didn't know this. It was Jesus who was actually standing on the seashore. Little did they know that great blessings were waiting for them. 153 fish were caught in a matter of a few minutes. Wow, that is absolutely fantastic. They were able to haul in the fish and experience the blessings of God. Kind of reminds me of a man who, was, uh, who, who had been a drunkard in the slums of Chicago. For many years, 
and he came to a, a, a feeding place, a mission one night. He was homeless, and he heard the message. He ate the meal, and he went to bed on the streets of, uh, of the slums of Chicago. But that night was his last night on earth. See, he died poverty-stricken, friendless, homeless, never to see another day. What he did not know was that he had an inheritance of over $4 million waiting for him in England, but he died in poverty. So why did he not receive that inheritance? Because the authorities could not find him. He didn't have a residence. He didn't have a a, a home anywhere where anybody could contact him. And because of that, he literally died in poverty when he had $4 million waiting for him as an inheritance. Now, I tell you that story because I'm going to tell you this. Jesus, as we read from John 21, Jesus had some blessings for the disciples, but Jesus knew where to find them. Jesus, he went to where they were at. They were out in a boat in a lake, and Jesus went on the seashore, and he, he says, hey, guys, he wanted to be with them. He wanted to bless them. Jesus knew where the disciples were at. Now, I have some good news for you. The Lord has some great blessings waiting for you. And he knows where to find you. (laughs) Now, the good news is it's easy for God to find you when you're right here in church, right? But I'll tell you this. Jesus is here today. But I ask you the question, do you recognize him? Because the disciples at first did not recognize Jesus. So one of the things that the disciples were dealing with was putting everything together. When I say everything together, I'm talking about their past because they had just completed three years of following this Messiah, this Jesus, the one who they call the Christ. But then also they were battling with their future. Where do we go from here? What do we do? What's this whole message of the gospel that Jesus was preaching So they had in mind, they were trying to kind of balance their past and the future. Kind of like what you and I are doing today. As we approach the end of 2018, I would imagine that many of us are taking some time, and it's a good idea to do this if you haven't done it yet, and reflect on 2018. What did I do Uh, good? What were some mistakes I made? What were some things that I did that maybe were questionable? What were some victories that I accomplished? And on and on, we can take some time to reflect on 2018, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we also, at the same time, have the ability to look forward. Amen? Where do we go from here? 2019. So I love that because even today, I'm going to be challenging you to think about that, reflect on 2018, but also look forward to 2019. I can imagine the disciples were doing that in their boat. George Carey, would you come up here on the platform? I asked him to share something. As uh, him and I were talking recently, I just felt that I, I wanted him to share something because George was kind of like in the same mode, thinking about what has God done in this year, but also what is God going to do. So, George, I'm going to ask you to share from your heart uh, and, and bless us this morning. Hey? Thank you. Hey, praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share my testimony. Um, and and as, as Pastor Randy called, or he actually texted me and said, hey, can you share a word and about what God has done and maybe what God's going to do? Uh, it started reflecting 
Because the people that know my wife and I and our ministry, every day we get blessed. Every day we get blessed. It's not like something that just happens periodically. But the one thing or several things that we do different, but one of them is we walk in expectation. When I wake up in the morning, the devil's behind me. He's trying to put this voice in my ear, but he's behind me. And I say, Lord, what do you got in store for me today? And who can I serve today? Okay, now I I say that not with just words, but it's action. To believe in God is an action verb. We have to do these things, okay? So I wanted to share a scripture. um, Are are you able to put 1 Corinthians up? And I want to pray, Lord, um, if I can just take a second to pray for myself, right? (laughs) Lord, just let these words be for, for somebody or everybody today, Lord. Let these words be not from me or my flesh, Lord, but from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. All right, so 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. And this is always, when I was a young Christian, it used to always freak me out when I was studying something and I go to church and the pastor's studying it. I'm like, well, how did this happen? He didn't call me or, you know, and this is before I knew Randy. And then Pastor Randy, when he said this, I, I was praying about what verse to, to speak on. And he gave me this verse, which is kind of crazy because it ties into what Pastor Randy was going to speak about. So I want to um, turn here and look. I'm going to read it with you. And, and, and let me ask you guys, anybody here believe what this book says? Just, right, raise your hands. Anybody, almost everybody? Now, does everybody believe that this book is for them? Right? If you're a believer, this book is for you. It's for me. It's, it's for everybody that's been born again and those that are about to come to Christ, okay? So here it says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear has heard nor the heart of man imagined what God has, what's the next word, anybody? Prepared. It's already ready. It's already there. Those fish were already there, Pastor Randy. They were just on the wrong side. But it's already prepared, effortless. When I wake up in the morning expecting God to do something, most of the time all it is is obedience that I have to do. And then he shows up and does the rest. And I'm going to share a couple small testimonies that might be kind of small my wife was like, well, you know, those, are, those they can kind of relate to. But I'm also going to some, share some really radical ones that people only read about in the Bible that I've been able to experience through God's grace, okay? But it says here that God has prepared for those that what? Love him. Do you love him? Do you love him? Now listen, when you first fell in love with your first love, is, is that how you responded? Yes. Come on now, let's get excited. Do you love him? Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, right? Hey, praise God, thank you, Jesus, is the first phrase that our granddaughter learned. Praise God, thank you, Jesus. When she was two, she would jump up and say, praise God, thank you, Jesus. You know, we got to start training them when they're young so that when they're our age or as they're coming to our age, a testimony, I still get grateful from them, but it doesn't surprise me as much because I know what his word says. I believe what his word says. I stand on this word. So if it says he's got great things in store for me, I believe it. I'm just going through obedience, waiting for it. So it says here, who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Now, the Spirit dwells in us as believers, right? So the knowledge to get where you got to go is already in you because he's prepared it in you as a believer, and he's prepared it away from you to get to you there. But we got to get to the place where we believe this word, and we believe that the Spirit dwells in us. And if we listen to the Spirit... We're obedient to the Spirit. He'll put us in the place that we have to be for our miracle or our, or our blessing. 
For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So praise God. One thing I want to share if I can, real quick, because any, anybody just can, can clap for the Lord. Just a small clap if you want, a big clap, right? This is, this is great. This is one thing I love. I teach this almost every time I speak at a church or preach at a church. What you just did aggravates the devil. He doesn't have flesh. He can't do this. He can manifest somebody else in a demon possession. He can watch them do it. He can see that. But he can't do this himself. So when bad things start going wrong and I got a flat tire on the highway, the first thing I do, am I lying? I get out and I start clapping saying, Lord, I thank you that I got a better tire coming. I thank you. Look, we got, the Bible says that we got to be blessed in our persecution. See, we always want to be blessed in our favorites and the good things that happen. But if you can't rejoice him in the persecution, you can't appreciate the blessing. Listen, when I've been persecuted the most in my life, I knew great things were coming. It didn't, it didn't confuse me because why? I know this word. I meditate on this word. And I put this word inside with the spirit and it tells me things especially at the altar. Some of you might see me sometimes praise and worship here. That's not a show. I'm reaching into the heavens with God for a need. And God is answering needs every day. So I'm going to share a couple testimonies. This will kind of, kind of go a little crazy because our ministry now has been almost 19 years, 18 years. And we've seen a lot of great things. Our ministries have seen a lot of great things. Our lives are a testimony. My wife and I were high school and middle school sweethearts. And then I messed up and broke her heart and hurt her. I mean, can we be honest, right? I messed up. I broke her heart. Seven years later, I was, at, look, I put an offer on a business in Colorado. I gave everything away in Florida. I started driving to Colorado. As I'm driving, the realtor says, you just lost your contract and someone outbid you. Now, here I am in the U-Haul with my two kids because I was a single father. And I just gave everything away. And I'm looking for a future that I thought God had, had in store for me. And the realtor calls and says, I have nothing left now. And I'm like, wow, okay. Well, there's something bigger coming, God. Because even back then, I was attached to a church like this of believers that taught this word, but not only taught it, but believed it and acted on it and lived it, okay? So as I'm going, I get a call on my cell phone from Kathleen. And she said, she was crying a little bit, and she said, I'm going through a divorce. Can you come back to San Antonio to help me get through this? I said, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. So shutting down that contract gave me an opportunity to reunite with the true love of my life. So don't get confused when God shuts doors that you think are great things. Get excited for what he's about to open in your life, okay? Get excited. There you go. Start clapping. Look, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. If you, if you have an issue right now, whatever it is, you don't have to shout it out, but if you have an issue... Just give him a clap right now. Say, Lord, thank you that it's coming. Lord, I thank you that it's coming. Lord, I thank you that you've prepared for me. Okay? So there's a couple of testimonies I want to share with you. Um, just last night we were talking. We, we did a remodel on our house last year, and, we, and at the time we needed some metal roofing. You know that little metal roofing? We live at the lake. The lake is about 30-something miles away from here. We live in a small neighborhood. It's about 10 streets. So we live at the lake, 30 miles away from the city in a small neighborhood. And we needed this, sheet, this, this metal roofing. And uh, my wife and I were walking around the house saying, wow, we got to go find metal roofing. As soon as we're starting to leave, there's a post on Facebook that says free metal roofing. 
Come on now, look. I thought we could get excited, right? I thought we could get excited. I said, free metal roofing? I called the, the number. You're not going to believe this, but it's absolutely true. They were there. They live seven houses down on my street. On my street, 30 miles away from the city. Yes, praise God. 30 miles away from the city, and I got free roofing that covered the whole roof. Now, is that not God? And listen, we didn't even have to pray for it. We just spoke about our need, and he heard it. He heard it. So it wasn't this difficult thing that I got to spend 15 minutes in prayer, but I got to be obedient because he says, if you draw nigh to me, near to me, I will draw near to you. So when you become close to him, he becomes close to you. You can get so close that his presence is with you when you're in need. He is the Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh that says, I will provide. All right? So listen, that's a small testimony. La what, two days ago? <laughs> listen to this, guys. Two days ago, we're walking in that same room. We haven't finished the remodel. We've, been, we've got a lot of properties going on. We haven't finished the remodel. And her and I said, wow, we've got to get sheetrock <laughs> for the room. Am I lying? I said, well, I don't know what we want to get. We walked from the house to the car to go shopping for sheetrock on Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook is a lady that said, anybody use uh, half-inch gypsum? I had to look up gypsum because I thought it was sheetrock, but I didn't know. I look it up. It says sheetrock. I said, yeah, we could use it. I send her a text. She lives seven, eight houses to the right on my street. Am I lying? Look, we got the metal free on our street, 30 miles away from the city in a small neighborhood with 10 streets. Now, if that's not the goodness of God. Now, look, we got to. Oh, can you put that verse back up? Can you put that verse back up? If we got to see it, we got to hear it. We got to feel it. We got to touch it. But we can't even imagine what he's got for us in 2019. That should make the Presbyterian get up and run and shout. I'm just saying, I know a lot of them, and they're good people, but we got to start getting that spirit in us to say, Lord, I thank you. Okay, Lord, I thank you. So if he hasn't, uh, if he hasn't prepared it for us, it's already there. I didn't have to put, in fact, the man helped me load the sheetrock. I didn't have to bring a friend to help me. The lady helped me load the metal. Okay, he's going to bring it, but we got to get so close and intimate to him. You know, Pastor Randy may not remember this conversation, but 10 years ago, almost in 2008, coming into the new year, I told him that I was going to tithe 10% of my day to worshiping and studying the word. 10%. I was going to give God 10% to study. This last 10 years will blow your mind away of what God has done because I've gotten so close in, in a relationship with him. And it seems like a lot, but it's 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. It's not all at one time. And last night, the devil tried to take away my voice because I knew someone was going to get something. So I'm sorry, i got to have some water. So I wanted, I wanted to share this with you. Pastor Randy and Pastor Matt, I shared with them a few weeks ago. Um, my wife and I buy properties sometimes if, if God leads us there. And we've been praying for about 18, 19 years, almost 20 years maybe, for a building. And the God provided a building in Florida. Come on. God provided a building. Now, when I say he provided it, of course, we had a building in mind. He brought a better building. It's the corner on Main Street. He brought a, a broader, yeah, praise God, corner on Main Street of a nice little town, 30 miles to Destin Beach. If any of you have been to Destin, it's on the highway that goes straight to Destin from that building. So then we go to tell the man we can negotiate the price, and he said, well, how will you be paying? I said, well, we can pay you cash 
if you'd like. And he said, don't you have a ministry? He didn't know us, but he probably Googled on Facebook. Don't you have a ministry? I said, yes, sir. And he says, you know what? God put on our heart that we're going to give it to you interest-free. Interest-free. Come on. <laughs> Look, if you can't get cited for other people's miracles, what's going to happen in your life? God said, if you can't handle the little things, I can't give you the bigger things. We got to get excited when other people is going great and tap into that river. Why do you think we attend here at Fortress Church? Because you have a man and woman of God here that lead this church, not just play church. They lead this church. They lead this church. So when you look at the things that God's done in the building with the little roofing, with the sheetrock, I mean, those are small things that God's done as a testimony. And now he says, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what he's got in store for me. Wheezy, can you imagine? That's his wrestling name. Sorry. <laughs> Wheezy. Kenneth Johnson, right? Can you imagine where you were 10 years ago? And it was a dream where you're at now. But that's just the beginning. Can you imagine what God's going to do for you? And he's been loyal and faithful in a very difficult environment. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your 2018 looked like. But if there was some bad things, praise God for those bad things. Praise God. Praise God. There you go. Praise God. Listen. Praise God. I had a lady come out to me one time. And she said, aren't you, George, with Warriors for Christ? I said, yes. And she said, well, my son's in prison. I said, well, praise God. <laughs> she said, well, praise God, he's in prison. I said, well, maybe that's where God needs him. Can we agree with that? So praise God that God has him. So don't worry about those, those, those areas of your life that don't look like what the world looks like. And, and can anybody tell me why we shouldn't be concerned of when things don't look like what the world looks like? Because we're not of this world. So if it's of this world, we don't need it. We don't need it. I had a miracle happen on uh, three days ago. Back up to 10, 10, 11 years ago, our daughter left us mad. She went out in the world. She didn't speak to us for seven years. Seven years. We didn't know where she was, Pastor Randy. We didn't know where she was. We had no idea. We thought sometimes we even thought maybe she was murdered or dead because nobody in the family knew her. Nowhere. We, we hired a private investigator. Couldn't find her. And my wife had many nights of tears, and I said, hey, hey, God's working something on this. And then, and then, 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 then she brought back our daughter, and our relationship is so good. She teaches at her church at the youth. She runs the Awanas program for their church. I mean, she's doing amazing. So praise God again. Now, let me tell you, she's also a 100% disabled vet, a cancer survivor. The doctor said she wouldn't have kids. We have three beautiful grandchildren that are all healthy. Praise God. Now, why is that? Because my wife and I stand on the promises of God in every area of our life, every area of our life. The Bible says everything I place my hands on will prosper. My car is going to prosper. My health is going to prosper. Look, I'm over 50 years old now and not one medicine, not nothing. But I give all the glory to God because it's nothing I could have done. If I, at my age, I should be on one pill for something. But God has taken all that away, and that's a testimony. Okay, now, the last testimony I want to share is going to be really, really, really mind-blowing. We were at, did anybody know David Wilkerson from, from Crossing the Switchblade, right? Wilkerson family. We were, we, when we were at Colorado, we attended their church, and, and, and their son Gary uh, asked us to minister uh, to the youth one day. He said, man, I really need our youth to tap into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
And he said, can you please give us a class? I said, sure, I'll give a class. Praise God. So we fasted. We prayed. And the day that they came, there was about, what, 50 kids there, maybe 50 kids. And they were kind of sitting in a big room like this, and their parents were all in the back wall. And during worship, during worship, I was teaching them to raise their hand, and I was teaching them to glorify God and honor God. And one by one, Pastor Randy, the, the Spirit of God fell on those kids, fell on those kids. Those kids were on their knees crying for God. I'm talking 8, 9, 10, 12 years old like what you saw today. I'm not talking teenage. These were kids that were catching a hold of the Holy Spirit. Then all of a sudden, it was wild because I'm speaking. And sometimes, right, when you're speaking, you're just blown away at what God's doing. Because you all don't get to see it because you're facing this way, but we get to see it. And all of a sudden, this one little girl gets up, and she goes to her mom, and she lays hands on her mom, and she said, Mom, in Jesus' name, you're healed. We didn't teach her that. We hadn't gotten to that point. Four or five kids get up and lay their hands on their parents. Their parents are falling on the ground. They're worshiping. Their parents are on their knees. Their parents are crying. The kids are crying. God is moving in everybody's life. Now listen to me. This is not about me, what I spoke, because God spoke through me. But what it is is evidence that the Holy Spirit is real, that God is real, that his promises are real. And if I haven't imagined the best that's yet to come, if I haven't seen the best, it just blows my mind away. And you know what? God's not a respecter of person. What he's done for my life, my wife, and our ministry, he can do it for you. God is not a respecter of me in any way. What I can account for is that my wife pray. We pray a lot. We have incredible faith. Incredible faith. We believe what this book says. We love worship. Listen, we pull our car over on the highway and get out and shout for God. We love worship. You got to get yourself to that place, folks. I mean, there's a Shekinah glory of God that just arrives here at worship. We fast and we give. We give and we give and we give. The Bible says what? That God loves what kind of giver? Cheerful. Are we doing it? Are we worshiping to the best that we can? Are we studying and meditating on the word? We all want that next big thing to happen in our life, but are we doing what God has in store for us to get to that place, to reach that inner spirit, to help us and guide us there? So my testimony is real. The great things that have happened and the better things that are, I can't even imagine the next things that are happening. So that's kind of the testimony I wanted to share. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, George. So, uh, in fact, they, uh, by the way, they, they, they host and lead one of our connect groups. It's in, in, on Thursday evenings in Bandera, Texas. Uh, and so there's information on your connect group guides there in front of you if you want to join uh, George and Kathleen in their connect group on Thursday evenings. Amen. Let's give God one more praise. Can we do that? Amen. God is good. Lesson number three, and we'll close with this. Not only is it a lesson that the disciples learned, but a lesson that I believe uh, we learned from, from George just now is this. You've got to invite Jesus into your new season. You've got to invite Jesus into your new season. Now, uh, uh, Jesus was preparing 
breakfast for the disciples, getting back to our story in John 21, right? Now, here's, here's the unique thing about this whole story. You notice Jesus was already getting the charcoal ready. Any of you guys like to get some charcoal ready? We're going to do that next Sunday evening. We're going we're gonna to barbecue, and it's going to be good. It's not going to be fish, but it's going to be some good barbecue. Jesus was, was uh, pre- preparing. And the unique thing is Jesus says here in John 21, we just read, you guys bring some of the fish that you just caught. So what does that tell me? Jesus is preparing something special, but guess what? He needs you to bring something to the table. He needs you to bring something to the table. Don't expect God to do everything. Now, he can. Yes, he can. He has all power in heaven and earth to do what he can. But one of the lessons we learn is Jesus says, hey, I need you to bring what you just got. I'm blessing you so that you can bring your blessing to the table, and we're going to fellowship together. This is what was taking place right here as we read in John 21. And, uh, and sometimes uh, I, I say this because it's important because as we enter a new year, we can't expect God to do everything. What are you bringing to God for the new year? What kind of commitment are you bringing to God for 2019? Recently, I read a, a Barna Research, and they listed the top seven the top, top seven topics and things that people make their New Year's resolutions about. Let me show them to you. The most popular, number one, New Year's resolutions deals with weight loss and health. Number two, money and debt and finances. Number three, personal improvement. Number four, addictions. We make New Year's resolutions to overcome certain addictions. Number five, New Year's resolutions concerning our career. Number six, spiritual church God. Finally, God is number six on this list. Now, I've got a problem with that. Shouldn't God be number one on our list? Shouldn't God be number one? But as Americans, God made it to number six on the list of priorities for New Year's resolutions. And last of all, number seven was educational. And the reason I say that is because I kind of believe if you put God first, For 2019, everything else is going to fall into place. The problem is many people don't have, I call it the want to. Many people don't have the want to 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 get closer to God. Many people don't have the want to to spend time in the Word. Many people don't have the want to to give to God. Many people don't have the want to to get closer to God. And because of that, God pretty much is number six on their list of priorities. Well, Once again, Jesus tells the disciples, what are you going to bring to the table? To another level lesson, the new year will bring to you what you bring into the new year. What are you bringing to God for this new year? So once again, the lesson is, is don't expect God to do all the work. You've got to bring something. So for the next few minutes, I want to lead us in a time of prayer to say thank you, Lord, for 2018. But, Lord, we're also looking forward to 2019 and all that you have in store for us. Would you stand with me right now? And I'm going to take some time to launch our prayer time. And if you are in agreement with me as to what we've learned, the lessons from uh, this passage of John 21, from George's testimony as well, maybe you would just want to repeat after me as we prepare for God to do something great. Would you repeat after me? Here we go in our prayer time as we launch our time. Here we go. Lord God Almighty, I look back at 2018 and say thank you 
for all that I experienced, the good times that have blessed me, the bad times that have challenged me, the lessons I have learned, the battles I have fought, the tears I have shed, the growth I have accomplished, and the victories I have won. Thank you. Now, I am ready for 2019. I believe 2019 will be even a greater year because I am inviting you into this new season. I believe that you will lead me, you will anoint me, you will prune me, and you will bless me. I believe it. Amen. So be it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.